You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Welcome to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. We are back with a new episode this week. Steve and Vicky are back from their vacation. And Welcome, I'm guys. Back from mine. And you went on vacation? I did, and That's you guys awesome. went to Alaska. Alaska. We went, we went on north. vacation? Yeah. yeah. Steve's wearing an Alaska t shirt, which I'm assuming is a souvenir. Yes, souvenir yes. From Juneau. He had to get one in every from port. You know. Did you know? Did you know? But you only know. four days later from getting back, I. It's like, when was my last vacation? I'm so tired. <laughs> when you go from zero, like on a cruise, you, you do absolutely nothing. We yep. do absolutely nothing. We, absolutely nothing. We eight is we, we literally achieve absolutely nothing. And so to come back to this running running train, you know, jumping on it is yep. exhausting. Steve's building a house right now, aren't you? Yes. I started awesome. a house on the first day I got back. It's awesome. And you went to Portland? I did. Was that nice? It was fun. Portland's still there. It's still there. And a train. A train. It's awesome. I thought it'd go very European. And European. Anyway, so Steve's just building a house, she said, and this is something you've not done for, well, you built your house after it burned down. Yeah, I did that. But you had your contracting company for many years building houses, right? Many years building houses, yeah. and I gave it up, and I got free from the desire, got free from the, you know, the, it has a bit of a zing to it. You know, you're going to, every day you get done, you see what you've done. It's just such an awesome thing. Oh, zing? I thought you meant your body yeah. was zinging. No, it has, so old. it has such a, a payout, you know, it really, yeah. there's an adrenaline rush. It's such a rush yeah. to see yeah. results in them. And then it, they stand forever and, you know, yeah. people, people say, hey, I live in your house or I bought a house you built and, you know, it just cool. goes on and on and it's kind of cool, but. I had gotten free from all that. Now I'm out there just loving it, man. Funny I can't thing is, I, I swung by three times. He was never there, so I don't know how he builds the houses. He must be from the. Are you are you a um, uh, what's Wind, it called? Windshield windshield contractor. contractor. Yeah, I, I watched the house built through a windshield. <laughs> he tells him what to do. You see how dirty my legs are. My I tried pants. to take him three. T- I tried to take a picture of him with his crew. I stopped by three times, literally. And where's Steve? Oh, he just left. Wink, wink. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, and the one thing I will admit is if they need anything from Home Depot, I, I jump in the truck. I jump in and go. <laughs> so, no. Plus, I have the whole rest of the church to run, plus oh, the yeah. office and all the yeah. other things. Yeah. She's winking for anyone who's yeah, just listening. Moved a lot of money around all the different entities. Okay. And moving money around, we probably should never talk about moving money around. That sounds like your offshore contract. <laughs> no, there's Cayman a lot of Islands entities in and Father's Switzerland. House, and uh, bills you know. come in from different entities, like, and you have to pay them from Mud Run. You have to pay them from this anyway. Uh, well, we are. Uh, Let's get into the scripture, I think, before we get too uh, far off the rails. Anyway, I have a lot of things to do, yes. and that's why I'm not on the job. So she's uh, telling me to drop it, but she's the one that brought it up. I love when I tell him things in a sly, he repeats it out loud. I used to kick him under the table, like when he was being whatever, and he go, why'd you kick me? <laughs> uh, well, literal. Uh, okay, we're ready. All right, well, we had a great time. No fights. Good. That's great. Right? Not one fight. Not one. It was good. So we are uh, finishing up... Uh, first john this week and this is a oh this is a really fun chapter first john five i was reading it uh, again this morning and he says a lot of things in um a pretty short chapter and it's kind of like 
he's speaking and he's like, oh, and I better tell you this and I better tell you that. And it, it keeps adding. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Steve Sermons when he. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much more. Yeah. But wait. If my sermons in any way are like John Thank the you, Apostle, Jesus. that could you couldn't give me a greater compliment That's right. That's than right. to liken me to John the Apostle. That's pretty uh, amazing. So let's uh, take a look. We're gonna, I think we're going to split it into some different sections as we talk today. But we'll start with the first part, which is... That's uh, a good place to start. Verse 1 through 4. So whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And whoever go. loves the Father loves the child born of him. But as we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep... Sorry, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. I think we'll just pause yeah, there. Yeah, I think we should pause there. And uh, that's... Uh, it, it, I kind of laughed out loud because yeah. it says, his commandments are not burdensome? I think, um, I think trying to be a Christian in 2022... There's a little bit of burden to it, don't you think? There's a little bit of thought and, and uh, planning and plotting and strategy to keep following Jesus. I mean, I, you know, it's – I love John's incredible optimism, but <laughs> <laughs> what do you think there, Big Steve? Well, I think it, it depends on, you know, what how, who, uh, how you mean burdensome, you know. Right. Um, I think when John is talking with his, you know, love angle – the disciple, his identity, he describes as the disciple Jesus loves. It isn't hard to do things for someone you love. If you miss your wife, she's gone away for a while, and she's coming home, you run around cleaning things up. It's not burdensome to do it. But just take another day when your wife's you know, not coming home, and you're not trying to just please her. And it, it, it's like a pain in the rear to try to straighten up the house and get it all clean. And, you know, it's a burden. But when you're doing it for someone you love, it's not a burden. And that's so you want to make sure that you understand that's what he's saying. It's not that being a Christian isn't hard or that obeying, you know, the commandments isn't hard. But I think what he's referring to is more the commandment of Christ to love, love. one another. To love is not burdensome. Yeah. I have found love to be burdensome in some cases. But maybe with a true definition of love, I don't find it burdensome. Is I, I, it's giving myself to someone, is loving them, being selfless towards people, is loving them. And so I think that John the Apostle is saying that by this, you know, he just finished in the last chapter saying love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God. And he goes on, he that loves not, it doesn't even know God. And he that loves knows God. Mm -hmm. And so we, so you start from the premise, we know God. And if you know God and you love God, you would love Jesus, the child that was born of him. And if you love him, then you go by Jesus's commandments. This is where God's opinion of who loves him is really spelled out. This is the love of God that we obey him. This isn't the love God has for us. This is the love we have for him. And to love him shouldn't be burdensome if you are delighted with him. If, you, if he is your happy thought, if he's your hope, he's your dream, he's your passion, it's not burdensome to follow him. That's good. And Jesus narrowed down the commandments because when it says commandments, we immediately go to the 10. Yes. And we can easily, after the 10, we can, I mean, it's pretty easy to tack on another, you know, 50 
books of rules. Right. But I don't think that's what John's talking about. I think John's talking about what Jesus said. I give you a new commandment. This I command you. Right. Love one another as I have loved you. And I think that John's saying that's not burdensome because I love him. If, if he wasn't excited for his coming, if he wasn't excited for his presence, it would be a burden. Someone walked up to us, came to visit us, heard of us, uh, fellowshiped with us in other places, other cities, and came to visit the Father's house. Mm-hmm. Actually dropped in unscheduled. And we found a place for them, and they, the newlyweds, and they walked around watching us, and they just said, don't you ever get tired? Don't you ever get exhausted? Don't you get sick and tired of all this work you guys do? And it was like, no. And the answer that the person gave them, their friend gave them was, no, I, I, want my, I want my love to look like something. It's not I should look like something or I need to make sure my love looks like something. It's no, I want my love to look like something. And rest assured, I love Jesus. And the outcome of that love is that I go after that passion of loving him, of obeying him. That's good. And, you, and since love is a verb and it's an action word, it's not, it's not an emotion, you know, a feeling, a, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, love isn't a thing that feeds me or, or comes and gives to me. Love is something I give. And I experience more my love than anybody else's love. I will, ex- you know, I will experience the outcome of my love. If I will be selfless to other people, it will become very unburdensome. It becomes very delightful. It's like I can't wait to serve. And when serving becomes a burden it's like what you said it's probably not connecting to the right spirit yeah you know and uh, um i heard a, a teaching in, that was done in here today i heard the the you know the cliff notes and it said the teaching was all about works and when they make you tired or when they make you burdensome you're probably not connecting to the spirit of god who works continually, it says. Now everybody wants to point to the creation, but I, I was just listening today to someone who made the point, God didn't quit working. He just took a rest on the seventh day. And so he's still working. And the nature of God is works, and he's working. And so to be one with him, to be in tune with him, is to do these works. And I know the difference between a work that just flat out wears you down mentally, emotionally, and physically. And I know that kind of work, physical labor, as opposed to work that feeds you, fires you up, and inspires you. And that's work for Jesus. That's why around here we use the phrase constantly, we work for Jesus. And if, you, if you're getting tired, stop, drop, and roll. Think it through. Why are you doing what you're doing? To impress somebody? Then you're probably not working for Jesus. You got the wrong motive. But if you, if you stop and go, wait a minute, I'm working because I owe him everything, because he deserves everything of me. And I love him. And it's like when my wife's coming home from a retreat or a, a trip away, I want to make everything look good for her. I want to please her walking in the door. And it's no burden to me whatsoever. And I'd never get tired. It's not even hard. I just like, just get going, get it done because you want to please that person. And, and it's the same with Jesus. I do this work because I want to please, I want to, I want to demonstrate my love for him. And I want, and that's what it says. This is the love for the father that we obey his commandments to love. And anyway, that's really good. I just think another element of it not being burdensome is maybe the, 
um, <clears throat> when we're following him and living for him, we're not we're not carrying the burdens of the world in the sense of living for the world, living for wealth and success and, and all of that becomes its own burden of yeah. trying to build your own again those are other motives right then that's why everything becomes burdensome yeah. whether it's and and it's mostly what you just said more than any other yeah. thing it's what you just said but what makes it unburdensome because you can go do those very same things right. you can go be a very successful businessman and do all these things and you can even have a, a blessed life that looks like uh, affluence but what was your motive for doing those things. And if your motive for doing those things is to use all that God's given you for his kingdom and to serve him, you'll, you'll be, you'll be amazingly blessed and and unburdened. That's good. It is not a burden for me to do this and give all that I have to him to make fortunes and try with all of my heart to give a hundred percent. There's no burden in that. That's good. Well, let's, uh, did you have anything you want to add? No, no, I just, uh, you know, Obviously, I started off with a burdensome comment, yeah. and I like the description that you guys have said yeah. is, is that when you love someone, it's, it's, it's less of a burden. You know, it can't, when you're in your flesh, it, is, it can be a mm-hmm. real burden. Um, but like Steve said, is that when you love, when you do it out of love, it's, it's an act of love. Yeah, it's really good. And it becomes less burdensome. And, and verse 4, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Yeah. And the world is what brings the burden. Right. And so if your faith is born of God, and that's, that's actually the last phrase, is that our faith is the, the power that overcomes. Mm-hmm. And faith is what makes you love him. I believe this about him, and I believe this about his opinion of me, and I believe this about his calling of me, and I believe this about his empowering me, mm-hmm. equipping me, and using me. And that's what overcomes the world. That's why the world's not a burden. This church is not a burden. These people are not a burden to me. This is the delight of our life. For some reason, we get tired physically, but we don't get tired in in terms of wanting to leave. No, this is what I do. That's this right. is who I am. Don't get this tired is, of loving Jesus. Yeah. No, you don't that's get right. tired of loving yeah. Jesus. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, loving the yeah. eight, eight to five. Doing what he's called you to do. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, let's keep going. He uh, uh, verse five. Who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not with the water only, but with the water and with the blood. It is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three are in agreement. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. The testimony of God is this, that he has testified concerning his son. The one who believes in the son of God has the testimony in himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his son. Mm. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. He who has the son has the life and he who does not have the son of God does not have the life. So I guess the, the simple question, uh, starting question would be, uh, what are these, th- what are these three things symbolizing the water, the blood, the spirit? What, what's the, uh, back up in verse seven, six and seven, like what, what, it, what are those things symbolizing or meaning? You know, I don't, I don't know the symbolic part, uh, just the spirit, yeah. uh, the water and the blood. For me, the spirit and the blood are pretty easy, and the yeah. water is the, 
decision to bury myself. Wow. Baptism usually, right? Uh, it can be cleansing, yeah. but I think the blood is the cleansing part. Yeah. And I think the water is that I... Is it baptism? Um, maybe. It's in burying yeah. yourself yeah. in baptism, yeah. I, th- I think. And um, I don't, I, I'm not sure what the symbolic That's okay. interpretation of that is. What do we, there's this passage about believing... I like what he says about if, like, if we receive a testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. And he, like, wh- I think a lot of time we kind of we believe something that someone tells us if we trust them, but we don't always believe what God says, right? So how do we, like, how do we get over that, like, to really believe what God says and not doubt Him to receive what He has for us? I don't know if my question made sense. Well, how we how we overcome our doubt? Yeah, that God loves us. That God loves yeah. us. Well, that God. You know, is who he says he is. In in my opinion, we get out of ourselves. Yeah. I think most self hate comes from selfishness, and I think the doubt that God loves us—if the cross isn't enough to prove that He loves us—then you don't believe that the cross is true. Now, historically, the cross is true. That's it's clearly evidenced in historical history mm-hmm. and writings. The cross is true. The only question is, was Jesus who He said He was? Yeah. And if He says who He said He was then he is the Lord. And so I met him. I, I, I have a physical day-by-day relationship with him, you know. Mm-hmm. And I have decided to believe. But then something he doesn't really like me because he doesn't answer my prayer. He doesn't really like me because he didn't do what I say. Mm-hmm. He doesn't rescue me from horrors like cancers and, and family members being mm-hmm. hurt and uh, just the negatives or my body breaking down in age. He doesn't protect me from those things. So, I mean, I can say he just doesn't like me. But the way, the, but, but the, that means that everything I'm talking about, I'm deciding who he is based on my own self. Hmm. It's all about me. And I don't think that we should decide who God is based on me. I'm struggling with this, so it's his fault. I'm, I failed at that. It's his fault. Why does he not protect me from evil people? It's his fault. And that's the orphan spirit. The true son is to, to make the father famous, to make the father successful. He, when raiders come to uh, attack the vineyard, the, the hireling runs for their life, and the son stands in the gap and, char- and leads the charge to protect his father's vineyard. And I think that how we overcome the feeling, uh, the faith that, you know, the lack of faith or the feeling he doesn't like us or the feeling that we don't measure up is we quit being selfish and we quit being all about me. And we make our life about his story, not our story. We make our life about him joining us. I mean, I'm sorry, us joining his life instead of him joining our life. And we make it about him and not us. And it takes no time at all. Yeah. Before a person like I used to be a person that hates himself. I really despised who I was and I was always disgusted with myself and it took no time at all concentrating on others and making this where I don't really matter. Hmm. I don't deserve anything. I'm owed nothing. I owe him everything and he lets me work for him. When I was like, why would he let me if I'm such a decrepit creep, why would he let me work for him? Hmm. And so when it quit being about me, and I started looking at the, the incredible blessing that I get to know him. I get to be the one that 
has actually a possibility of him saying, Enter in, my good and faithful servant. Enter into rest prepared for you. From the foundations of the earth, this was prepared for you. I could be that person. I mean, talk about no reason to be upset, no reason not to believe, and, and, and to have faith in the right thing. So first off, you have to get out of yourself. Second off, you got to have faith in the right thing, hmm. which is him. Yeah. I believe in him. And I believe in his lordship. That's right. And if he does nothing in my life, that's what I deserve. Mm. If he does nothing in my life, he's already done more than anyone else ever could. He has paid the penalty for my sins. You can't pay those for me. You can't pay for those for me. Only Jesus, only God in the flesh can pay those for me. And he paid those penalties for my sin. And I owe him everything. Yeah. And that's where you overcome this feeling that God doesn't really like you. Something about your face just ticks him off. Oh, it's going to rain today. (laughs) You know, it's just the Eeyore syndrome comes from everything, but focusing on you, looking at you, not liking what you see in the mirror, not thinking you're stupid. Everything God created is terrible. It's his fault I look like this. It's his fault I'm dumb. It's his fault I'm weak. It's his fault I'm short. You know, I don't measure up. It's his fault. And the truth is, he, everybody, he, my son Mark has Down syndrome. And he has qualities and gifts beyond your imagination to, make you, to give you a smile, to make you feel so warm and fuzzy about creation. Mm-hmm. You know, and he never complains about his afflictions. And he has 100% more than I ever had. I mean, he has miles more than I do. And he's well, so never he's happy. He's always happy because mm-hmm. it's, it's just he, he just accepts the love that's given to him. That's good. He doesn't say, I'm so crappy. You must be lying because you're just telling me you love me, but you really don't. He doesn't go any of those places. It's just simple, straight up love. love. And acceptance of who he is and what he is and how he does life. And it's pretty cool to have that in my life. And I I can tell you, that's how you overcome the feelings as you quit being selfish and you start being selfless and you start focusing on his story, not your story, on his love, not your love. And his love is this, that he died on a cross for us and paid the penalty for our sins so that we might be a person who could be told, enter into my rest. That's really good. My good good and faithful servant. So receiving what he says about himself, which we, you know, he he said something in, uh, and I think one of your classes yesterday about, you know, uh, like the spirit will reveal who God is, but at least start with the Bible, right? Like mm-hmm. it, that's a foundational point, right? So if we don't, if we're not sure how to hear him clearly and to who he is and what he's saying about himself. And we have that basis to start on with the Bible of read his testimony about who he is. The gospels mm-hmm. are a great, you know, testimony of this is what Jesus said. This is what he did. This is what he, uh, you know, why he came. And if we can accept that, that testimony, and then we can grow in a relationship mm-hmm. with him. Right. Right. Instead of, you know, I think we said this before. Right? That in this book, we talked about the whole Antichrist uh, spirit that tries to just skew the message of Jesus mm-hmm. and something else, right? So instead of receiving his testimony about what he says about himself, that he is the way to life, yeah. we start to buy into these other. That's right. He has ideas, no problem right? coming as an angel of light, even using the name yeah. Antichrist. You know, the, yeah. an- the spirit of Antichrist yeah. has no problem doing that. And we need to be wise because. 
our generation where we live right now in this world hearing the spirit is what everybody defines everything by Mm -hmm. they choose who to decide who god is based on some spiritual revelation well that's not new that goes back to the apostles with gnosticism the special revealing and that's how perverted christianity got as people just decided what the holy spirit was saying and went and did that but what i'm saying in our world is we have this gift called the bible and it's really important that if i'm going to listen to what you have to say in the spirit that i know that you know the bible because you know where god has said who he is and when he says who he is and then you say tell me the spirit's leading you you have the checks and balances of the bible so inside good. of you to where you say well the spirits i hear this voice saying this but that's contrary. the opposite of the bible that's contrary right. yeah, that's good. and i'm not going to listen to it so it's really important that you know the person that's telling you spiritual leading wow. knows the bible inside now because good. because when they don't you don't know what spirit we're talking about. That's really good. And also, that uh, on the flip side, that highlights the importance of us knowing the words of Jesus for ourselves, so that if someone is speaking something to us that they say it's from the spirit, and we don't know whether they know the Bible or not, we at least have some knowledge of what it says, so we can weigh up what's being spoken. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Study show yourself yeah. approved. Yeah. It's important. Don't take my word for it. You better study and know what Jesus said. Each one of us are accountable for the love of God. You know, yeah. like, what do we what did we do with the love of God? Right. You know, did, did it just encompass all of our sins? And, and he was okay with that? Or <laughs> should we read the words of Jesus and find out really what the love of God is? That's really good. That's right. That's, um, this, yeah, so this this idea of, you know, he, he's really passionate about about Jesus, you know, you only have to, you only have to, the father's really passionate about Jesus. You only, have to, is, yeah. you know, you only have to read uh, a little bit of uh, Revelation to just see how passionate he is about his son and the other, in the gospels and things that the apostles write about just how passionate is he about, passionate the father is about Jesus and, and glorifying him and lifting him up and just that, that verse, this verse in here where it says uh, in verse 10, the, the one who believes in the Son has a testimony in himself. The yes. one who does not believe has made – God has made him a liar. Sorry, the one who does not believe God has made, made him, him a liar. liar. Yeah. That's right. You know, that, because crazy. he's not believed the testimony. Like, are we, I don't think about it as black and whitely as, as John writes it here, that when I disagree with something that God says, that I am therefore calling him a liar. Yeah, that's a, that is like, oh, boy. So you, sh- you need to figure out what God says. Right. We, that's what we, you know, that's where the study to show yourself approved is to find out because, well, you know, as Christians, we often hear, well, I think this and I yeah. think that. And it's like, like Steve just said, but yet that doesn't even line up to what Jesus says about himself mm-hmm. or what God the Father says. And, you know, so those places, I don't want to call God the Father a liar, no. you know, um, because of ignorance, which I probably do because I'm not as versed as I should be. But, um, I do want to figure out what he says and try to follow that. Yeah. I think even, you know, we, we talked about uh, some many healing things in recent episodes, and this is one of the places where I it highlights to me the importance of healing my heart so that I can agree with God because I, I never want to be in that place where I've been in, been in my life before where he's saying things like, he loves me. Yes. And I'm saying, no, no. I'm unlovable. Yeah. And therefore, either he's a liar. (laughs) That's kind of awkward. And I'm right, or I'm wrong, you know, and that just that 
that so tension good. there of um, you know, let, believing him and not yeah. believing what you think about yourself yeah. or about the way the world is, and, and for for like you, you you've had a handicap since you were a child, yeah. and so there is automatically you you you're, you're in that position of I'm not quite right, yeah. and when God tells you no no you're quite you're ex- absolutely right and wonderful, it's very difficult because the world says opposite to you, mm-hmm. so you gotta you gotta who you're gonna believe, yeah. and it's 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 hopefully it's God, right? Yeah. What do you I, got? Well, many times in our in our life, you know, people, especially in the spirit-led group, you know, with with people following prophets and and you know, so much words. so much words of the Lord and so so many people having words from the Lord mm-hmm. for you constantly. Um, it's it's been really so many times in my life where I've said, well, you know, that can't possibly be true. Mm-hmm. It's impossible for what you just said to be true what you know it's like god says or god does and you're like that's impossible to be true that would be a direct contradiction to what jesus said and so there's no way he's contradicting what jesus said in the bible and it's so important that we know these things because i've had times where i know positively what they said isn't what paul said or peter said or in this case john said and i say go back and read it read the chapter ahead of it read the chapter behind it that is the phrase that's been t- translated for you, and now you're making a whole theology out of it. But is it really what he's saying? It's how your English has interpreted it. But is it what he's saying overall? Is this the subject matter of the the epistle? And invariably, every one of them who've read it that way said, "Oh, it really doesn't mean that, does it?" No, that's how you've taken it. Now you've made a whole theology about God on it. Yeah. When you 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 have to say. You have to look at it and say it can't be true or it oh that could be true yeah. based on what you know Jesus says. And I think Paul's really or John here is really pounding the point of you've got to know Jesus, you've got to obey Jesus and follow his command to the to the nth degree. End of the earth. And then you've got to um really know what he says Mm -hmm. so that you cannot be deceived and if you don't know him you make him a liar because he's came because he came to save you he says he's come to save you and then if you don't be saved then he failed Mm -hmm. and that's not i don't want to be in the shoes of someone who's caused god to be a failure in their life he died for me but i wasted it wow that's just not a place to be that's not a thing to aspire to and, you know, what I pray is that we would have a Christian life and we would have a Christian culture that would manifest his love to the people. And then they would say, he must be true. I see him in you. Yeah. And come and say, would you show me how to find him? Mm. And that would be my want. Or if I were to be able to put a wish in a jar, you know, for God to... Uh, answer for me would be that I would be able to create a culture or live in a place that would say to people don't you want to know him and have them say yes I want to know him that we could demonstrate and manifest his glory to the point where people would walk in not even knowing just wandering in thirsty or hungry and we have the exact food or drink that they need Mm -hmm. which is the truth of God in Jesus Christ that's really good the last line of that at 12 it says he who has a son has the life yeah. i don't know but and he who does not have the son does not have the life the life the life yeah 
And it's Maybe like, we got the life. The life. It's like, um, and, you know, in, in chapter, I think it was chapter one of uh, John, was it where it talks about the Antichrist? One or two. One or two, two. Two maybe. Two. Um, oh, early on in the chapter. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, a few weeks yeah. ago. And I just, it's like, I think so many people have false um, revelations of what the life of Jesus, people, I'm sorry, people put their own spin on who the son is, that I have a son, I have and and then they do not have the life. I think the life, if you, you know, just for me right now, thinking about the life is to have all the things that is is uh, is um, promised to you. You know, joy abundantly. You know, full of life. Uh, your sins are forgiven. You show the truth. The truth shall set you free. All the promises. And I think that for me, that's the life I have. I want to have that life. Mm. I want to have this. I want to know the Son. I, I want, because whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Yeah. And I think sometimes we just cherry pick again, like uh, a different context, but it's like, it's so clear as you read it, and you read it, the words of Jesus and the epistles, it's, it's, there is a standard of leadership that God's talking about yeah. to have the life. That's really have good. The son. Well, let's go a little bit further. He, he's got, still got a few more points to make. So Lots of love, huh? Um, yeah, we're going to change gears a little bit. Uh, these things, verse 13, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know we have the request of which we have asked from him. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. And that's uh, similar, you know, John. John's the guy that says this in his uh gospels to the whole you know ask whatever you ask for anything in his name and you'll receive it and it's one of those chapters or verses that i think in christianity we have to kind of overlook yeah look at because we don't on face value we don't see to ask anything in my name and you'll receive it but i think sorry in this little passage here he adds another sentence and i don't think he says in his apostle in his in his gospel where he says uh where he says where'd it go this nope. What? Oh, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Yeah, yeah. It, what's interesting to me is you think, okay, it's not a magic wand, right? And sometimes, I mean, like, we pray for good things. Like, we pray for our son Mark to be healed. We pray for your arm yeah. to be healed. But then I, and it and it doesn't happen, right? So then I'm thinking about this is John who was boiled in oil, right? Yeah. And. He's talking about praying anything is in your in his name. I just it's it's I'm trying to make the leap of wouldn't my prayer be when I was being put in the oil? Perhaps I I'm praying that you would not put me in oil. Does that make sense? I'm I'm not saying it right. But why this is a guy that says ask anything is in in his name, but yet he was boiling oil. So I'm just like he was tortured. And I think sometimes we use this, this as just like a um, overriding blanket for prayer, yeah. you know. And uh, I think if I don't know if John prayed, I would be praying, "Oh God, please don't let me be boiled in oil." That would probably be my prayer. Um, <laughs> yours too. Oh Lord, please don't let me definitely be, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, boiled in oil. Is, yeah, and I'm ooh. just like it's so. I, I think that I think we have made it like a little um, wish upon a star right. kind of thing, right? Yeah, if I you know ask for a car and my car is going to yes. appear, right? And, oh, he didn't give that to me. Yeah, or Aladdin, even even Aladdin the ones that are yeah. even the ones that are like told my granddaughter die. Yeah. They sound like they they sound like they're at, that's according to his will, but 
we don't know what his will is all the time. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. We don't always, we think in the, in the natural that this is his will. Yeah. And a lot of times we don't know. We don't know for years later. Um, all things work together for good. And I'm just, even like I had the revelation at the mud run, the reason there was 8,000, 10,000 people out there is because my granddaughter died. <laughs> That was a Vicky number right there for us. 8,000 8, 8, to 10,000. 10, that was pretty good. That's quite a window. Yeah, 8 to 10,000 people because we didn't count them. If there um, was any, there was 8 to 10,000. If there was any, there was 8 to 20,000. Um, no, uh, but I'm, I'm looking out at all these people and all these kids, and I'm thinking if my granddaughter hadn't passed away, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have made that property into what it is. And it, so four years later, you're going, well, I could see kind of maybe what he was up to. Yeah. But – it, it, it does. It seems horrible that a seven-year-old would have to die. Does that make sense? So ask according to his will. That's Did good. I confuse? Totally confuse everything. Nope. Okay. Why well, don't you tell him what I said? Can I just jump in with one point that came out of what you were saying that stood out to me? It was um, before you started laughing at me. Yes, before okay. that. When you're talking about John's prayer when he's being bodily and oil, yeah. I, I immediately thought of Jesus' prayer while he's being crucified, and his yeah. first thing, uh, you know, one of the things he says, which probably wouldn't be on my mind, was, was "Father, forgive them, yes, so they know what they do." You know, and that. he said, "If take this away, yeah, right. If this is not, if you know, if there's any other way, kind of." Well, can... that's before. That's before the event but during the event yes his, you're right you know, his prayer is yes forgive them and that that's probably wow. in accordance with his will yeah <laughs> whereas the get me out of here maybe isn't always <laughs> in accordance that would with be his my will. prayer yeah i'm not as involved as john or jesus yeah. go ahead steve that was the the will you know according to his will was yeah. really the main according point to his yeah will. what is god's will but jesus says ask anything you will yeah and i i think that there's an assumption that the people he's talking to aren't no. going to aren't asking for things personally but for the nation mm. they were told they had Israelites. to yeah they had to look at the nation is what they prayed for they Go prayed ahead. for harvest they prayed for rains they prayed for deliverance they prayed for uh protection from their enemies as a whole yeah. and i think that's what he was saying if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and so these jewish men are writing this and they're saying according to his will and his will is very much like what Luke just, the point just, he just made. But the most important thing, I think, in this group of scriptures is where he says, these things I have written to you. He tells you the purpose of writing this letter is for you who believe in the name of the Lord that you may know that you have eternal life. Yeah. Amen. And I think that what there's an assumption that you're praying for eternal life, that you're afraid not to have it. I think Jessica last night on Wednesdays preached a sermon about that, I think it's important to make sure that you've attained to the resurrection. I think yeah. it's something that kind of like, why are we not Duh. putting more effort into what it says it takes to attain eternal it's life really than it does what it, what it takes to be a believer, what it takes to have a life that declares faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And here he says, I've written these to you who believe in his name that you might know that you have eternal life. And I think that's, right. that's kind of like this whole area is about two things loving god mm -hmm. obeying his is his command as obey as as loving him and then going through this person who loves god by obedience and obeys by loving selflessly and stops hating himself because he looks only at himself in his own life that person probably can ask what they want more like Jesus just said to the water, just put the water in there and then now taste it. 
He didn't have a big prayer meeting over it. And, and when he spoke to the grave, come forth, you know, he didn't have to have a big prayer meeting. He had the expectation that what he said was going to happen because he's a man a God, uh, in, you know, the, he's the Emmanuel, but he's still in a man's body. And he believes that what he asks will be handled and he obeys he loves God by being obedient. He does only what the Father tells him to do. He says only what the Father tells him to say. He's got his mouth under control. He's got his life under control. And he does get what he asks. Mm. I don't. And so I'm working on continually me being a man who does what these verses themselves say. I love God by obeying God. I love God by doing what he wants me to do. The command of Christ for me is to love others. I'm not that good at it, but I'm working on it, and I'm way better than I used to be. His command leaves me in a position of loving myself. I've been in a position where I did that poorly. I do it way better now. I have so many areas of my life where I can proceeded. I've grown. I've advanced. I've absolutely taken ground. On all of these things, and I'm on my way to being somebody whose request will be made known, and and they will I will only request in those days as what well. is according to His will. I won't waste my time asking for all this frivolous stuff. Mm -hmm. And and you know you can go to 50 coffee clashes a week where they tell you He wants the little things. He wants you to ask about your marbles. Mm -hmm. He wants you to ask about these things. And I don't <laughs> think He does. I think He just wants you to trust about those things. Just live in a life of trust, an absolute confidence of he has my best uh, outcome at heart and that he makes all things work together for good. So just keep riding. You don't like the way things are happening. Ride, ride it. Ride it. Keep it going. Yeah. Take the next step. It's going to work it's out. It's going to work out. Down and the I think that's that's where, I mean, if you believe that way, then you got everything you wanted. Mm -hmm. You got his will in your life. The word that says, delight yourself in the Lord who grants you the desires of your heart. It's constantly a, a prayer gathering what you want kind of promise, right? But what it really means is if he is the delight of your heart, you're going to get him. Yeah. That's it. That's what it means. He'll grant you the desire of your heart, which if it's him, you get him. It's mm, good. Yeah. Jesus delighted in the Lord, in his father good That's he good. did it by obedience he loved others by sacrificing his life if you and i just do what jesus did love god obey god do exactly what the father wants us to do say only what the father wants us to say lay down our life for our brother i guarantee you we're going to get way more in prayer because our prayers are going to change to be only the will of god That's good. not my will your will father yeah that's what i think he's saying that's what I think this is about. This is the challenge. See, I see these scriptures as being the ultimate challenge to you uh, and me. We are called further up and farther in every day, further up and farther in every moment. Continue to come after me. Continue to delight in me. Continue to obey me. Continue to love me. If you love me, my Father will love you. If you love me, you'll obey me. And if you, love, and if you obey me, my Father will love you. John also said that. Yeah. And it's like you can, he's just calling you deeper and deeper. Love your father through obedience. Love your father through the works of love. Yeah. Words. Not selfish, which makes you hate yourself. It's hmm. good. That's good. Amen. 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 Well, I want to, I'll just 
close with just these last couple of verses in the chat because I think there that sums it up really well. He said, John finishes with this. He says, uh, "We know that no one who is born of God sins, but he who was born of God keeps him, and the evil one does not touch him." We know that we are of God and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. Mm. And we are in him who is true. In his Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. And he throws in there at the end, sometimes like Steve does in his sermons, a little <laughs> extra, which is, little children, guard yourself from idols. Right. <laughs> Just the, Just, you know, he is God. He is if we know him, if we love him, as you said, everything mm-hmm. you know, everything comes so together. It's a, it's a, it should be your life pursuit yeah. is what to get to know yeah. him and love him, and then as you love him, you could start loving like yourself, yeah. and, and other people. And as you, Steve, you were saying earlier, then your life will start to be what people need, right? That's and right. It's the gospel in a in a nutshell. I think. That's it. So, Instead of blaming him, yeah. look at your own self and say, do I measure up? Do I do I align? Not measure up, but do I align? With the idea of living my life in obedience, then making my love for him look like obedience? Good. Do I live by the he doesn't owe me anything, I owe him everything mantra? Do I is that my attitude in the morning that God owes me nothing but I owe him everything? Let's go let's go out into the world and see what we can do to to make him famous, to make people know him, to make Jesus sacrifice not in vain kind of thing. Yeah. Our life is not our own. That's really good. Bought with a price. Well, thank you guys for joining great. again, and thank you to our listeners. We really appreciate you checking in. Yeah, spread spread this if you like it. Just yeah. uh, give the um, clip to someone else, right? Yeah. Spread the share, joy. Share it. Amen. Amen. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Uncommon Truth. Thank you so much for making us a part of your podcast routine. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today and would love to get your feedback. You can tell us what you think about today's show at UncommonTruthPodcast at gmail.com. You can also get in touch to ask questions for Steve and Vicki or suggest a subject you'd like to hear covered. Either way, we'd love to feature your comments on an upcoming episode. If you're new to the show or just haven't done so yet, please take a moment to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps push the show up the charts so more people can find us. If you know someone who would enjoy the types of conversations that happen on The Uncommon Truth, click share on the podcast app of your choice or send them to uncommonpodcast.com. Until next time, have a great week and keep running after Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be.